We take a closer look at a couple of mid-round pitchers and consider a 2020 proposal that hasn't been offered yet. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Thursday, June 11th. I'm Al Melkier. I am here with Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, uh, before we get into um, a couple of player profiles, we haven't done that in a little while. We've also got really interesting uh, featured read that we'll uh, talk about a little bit. So before we get into all that, let's um, pick up where we left off on Wednesday's show. We had Emily Walden as our special guest, and it was awesome. Uh, she came and talked to us uh, uh, about the draft and a number of other things in regards to uh, to minor leaguers and um, you know the the season that is on hold. Um, and she said one thing that, uh, really made an impression on me and, and frankly contradicted uh, a report I had seen elsewhere earlier, uh, during this extended off season that, uh, that we discussed on the show. She said she wouldn't be surprised to see, um, multiple Tigers prospects. They've got, you know, three or four, depending on, on how you want to classify it yourself, uh, pitching prospects, um, who are close to major league ready. And she said she could see several of them, not just one, but several of them uh, spending significant time in the Tigers rotation in 2020, assuming there's a 2020 season. So Michael, let me um, toss this question to you. Let's just take the the three that are generally considered, I guess, uh, the the best of the group, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, and Tarek Skubal. If you were to prioritize one of those pitchers in a draft, whatever draft you think is appropriate, to, to take a shot on on at least one of these pitchers. Which one of the three would you prioritize? You know, I would go with Casey Mize just because uh, this is a situation where I'm going to go ahead and trust the scouts. He generally has the sunniest outlook of the group. And so based off of that and that alone, he would be the one who I would go after. I think that even scouts themselves and even prospect experts themselves, which I do not purport to be, um, are going to miss on this quite a bit. Right. So if we in the fantasy community are just trying to follow the best advice, I think that's really the smartest thing for us to do in a situation like this. Uh, It seems as though he's got the strongest backing and is the one who is maybe closest to making it to the majors anyway to start the 2020 season or to go back to when we thought the 2020 season was going to begin. So he is the one who I would prioritize of this group. I I think Matt Manning is pretty much right there too. Um, And I guess you could make a different argument that would lead you to Manning over Mize. But I think this is one of those situations where we want to be careful about thinking we can figure this out on our own and trust some people who are a little bit smarter than us when it comes to this specific part of the baseball world. That leads me to Casey Mize. Well, you know, that that reminds me of... Uh, I guess I could say a mistake that I made a few years back when Aaron Nola first came up and Nola was, you know, a high pick for the Phillies. He had all the, you know, uh, all the acclaim from scouts. Uh, But I was a little concerned because he didn't have great strikeout numbers in the minors. And so this is a similar trap maybe that I could fall into with Casey Mize. Um, You know, not great strikeout numbers in the minors. Interestingly enough, he actually has really good whiff rates. 
in, in the minor leagues, particularly last year, spent mostly at double A Erie, but very, very low called strike rates, which lowered the, the K rates overall. Um, that raises an interesting research question for me that I haven't worked on yet, which is, you know, how does that kind of profile translate when pitchers move from the minors to the majors? So may, I guess my, my question to you off of that is if you were to prefer Casey Mize to either Manning or Scooble, would you do that with the understanding that he might not be the guy that gives you a lot of strikeouts in 2020? Or, or do you think, would you expect that he'd actually be a better strikeout pitcher in the majors than the minors, like an Aaron Nola, um, like a Matt Harvey. Yeah, you know, I would, I guess, go with the latter again. I'm going to trust what the uh, what the scouts say here first and foremost. But I haven't done that research either. But my intuition here would be that getting swing and miss is going to be a better projector of what a guy might do in the majors than being able to get called strikes. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe that ends up being, you know, untrue. I guess I could very quickly and easily make the counter argument that what minor leaguers swing and miss at major leaguers are going to lay off or be able to make contact with. Uh, so maybe you do want the called strike because maybe that speaks to command, right? I mean, right there without even having put one second of research into it, I posit the two opposite sides of what the hypothesis would be. So I think it's something that bears, um, that bears a little bit more of uh, research and looking into, but in general, getting swing and miss is good. And Matt, uh, or Casey Mize, excuse me, has gotten swing and miss uh, at the level that he has been at relative to his age in a good way. So I would still lean and say that I, I would be buying strikeouts from him or at least buying that he can maintain the strikeout numbers he had in the minors, maybe increase on them as he gets older, stronger, more comfortable with his repertoire, working with the major league uh, pitching staff and pitching infrastructure, all that good stuff. I think there would be reason to bet on the come with him if he were to pitch in the majors. Yeah. And just a couple other notes in regard uh, to these pitchers. Um, none is really being drafted as a 12 teamer uh, so far, but Casey Mize is by far the closest his ADP on fantasy pros is 356 so you know not really uh, all that far off uh you could certainly justify maybe uh doing a, a reserve round flyer on on mize uh manning and scoobal neither one is a top 500 uh player in terms of adp as of right now so they're available uh you know pretty much everywhere i would think and all three uh at least uh as uh, emily walden surmised on uh, the show here that uh you know all three could could wind up having value this year uh the other thing i found that was interesting was um emily talked about how uh the eastern league in general and erie specifically really really a bad place for pitchers to pitch um it's a hitters league it's a an extreme hitters park in erie and all three of those pitchers have been really good at keeping the ball in the park. And that that's something that uh, could serve them well at Comerica Park, which has uh, been leaning hitter friendly. And I, I you know, I want to look at that in regards to Matt Boyd um, for a couple of reasons. One, because Boyd had the home run problem uh, in in 2019. But also, if all three of them are in the Tigers rotation at some point this year, then, you know, maybe that makes it an even stronger possibility that that Boyd gets traded. So we'll we'll dig into all of that in just a moment. Um, but first, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about top performers in business and sports who often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everybody's got the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. 
Did you know that 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? We are suffering needlessly from frequent headaches, energy slumps, and poor focus. And it doesn't have to be this way. You want to kick the coffee habit, but you're worried about your energy levels. To avoid the morning sluggishness and that midday slump, you need to make sure that you're hydrated. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each, each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes that your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com baseball. That's drinkhydrant.com baseball for 25% off of your first order, drinkhydrant.com baseball. So, Michael, let's get back to a little Matt Boyd talk, and uh, this will be the front end of a pair of player profiles that we'll uh, we'll tackle on this show. So let's start with Matt Boyd, since we were talking about the Tigers rotation. He gave up a lot of home runs in 2019, but what I didn't really realize until looking into it was that those came disproportionately at home. A 2.71 home run per nine inning ratio last year at Comerica Park, which is obscene obscenely high rate and he also struck out fewer batters 26.4 percent strikeout rate at home on the road whole different story for Matt Boyd 1.18 home runs per nine that was actually well below the major league average and a 33.6 percent strikeout rate so uh we probably were thinking about Matt Boyd as somebody who would get traded this year I don't know how trades and trade deadlines are going to pan out in 2020 but um you know if that's something that's still in the picture uh, first, a two-part question. First of all, do you think that the chances of him getting traded are even greater with the readiness of the top pitching prospects? And do you think that his value rises with the probability of a trade? Number one, I think he has to be considered a, a prime trade candidate, assuming there is going to be some sort of trade deadline. I think as you and I are sitting here uh, talking about him before a deal is reached, uh, I think the only way we can, you and I can really talk about it in a way that is uh, entertaining whatsoever is to assume there is going to be some sort of trade deadline. Uh, so I do think that he is a prime trade candidate. Tigers are going to be even in a, I mean, I guess in a 50 game season, they could be somewhere near contention, but in anything more than, I mean, if we get even a 75 game season, I think that'll be enough for the uh, rough edges to smooth out and for the Tigers to drop toward the bottom of the central standing. So I would not expect them to be anywhere near contention and Matt Boyd for uh, all of his, um, you know, seeming newness, right? I mean, he's not exactly a youngster. Uh, I wouldn't expect Matt Boyd to be a guy who is uh, contributing to a contending Tigers team. I could see this team bouncing back, certainly in the next few years, but at that point, got to believe Matt Boyd's going to be past his uh, past his prime, or at least uh, on the, the la- latter half of his career. So would think that he would be a, tra- a prime trade candidate this year if trades are able to happen. And yeah, he's someone who I'm buying uh, to begin the season anyways. I really believe in the strikeout rate. You mentioned the fact that Comerica uh, really did hurt his numbers. A uh, guy 
sort of uh, burned out a little bit also as the season wore on. Uh, so you, you expect him to have had that full season under his belt, going to be pitching a, a shorter season this year. Innings not really going to be a concern for any pitcher. Uh, so all those things line up to make Matt Boyd a pretty attractive candidate. Uh, a trade to a more pitcher-friendly environment, uh, trade to a team with a better offense, a trade to a team with a better bullpen that could protect more of his leads. That would all just be icing on the cake. I think we should be coming into the season feeling pretty good about him anyway uh, because of what he showed last year, because of the strikeout numbers that he proved he can get. And uh, it just feels like when a guy has the sort of season that he did, strong start, slow second half, first real full big-time major league innings, that's the sort of guy I want to bet on being able to maintain the good for longer uh, in his next season. So uh, as of now, uh, Boyd's got an ADP that's um, not too far uh, on on the uh, low side of, of 200. Uh, he's just within the top 50 of starting pitchers. Uh, given the upside here, how much of a bargain do you feel like that is? And, and do you feel like it's worth reaching a little bit to get him? Or are you okay to just kind of, you know, wait with the pack for him to fall where, wherever he may? Now, I definitely think he's someone worth reaching for. First of all, I'm surprised that his ADP has remained so stubbornly low. I mean, you get to a point at the pitcher spot where you really just want to hunt for guys, or at least I can only speak for myself. I want to hunt for guys who have a ton of strikeout upside, and we know that Matt Boyd has that immense strikeout upside, and you're not really going to find that sort of uh, ability to miss bats at his stage or in his draft day neighborhood very often. So I am more than willing to reach, you know, a couple of rounds higher than what his ADP is because if the strikeouts are there, he's going to be better than that number. I mean, he would have to be really bad in the ratio numbers to counteract what he does in the strikeout department to end up at that level. So either he's really bad in the ratios or the strikeouts come down. I don't see either of those being the case. Matt Boyd is definitely a prime reach for me. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, well, by contrast, let's talk a little bit about Jesus Lazardo um, going much, much earlier in most drafts. Um, but also, there's a lot of variation in, in opinion and in, um, draft position for Lazardo. Um, on Fantasy Pros, his ADP is 114, but um, the difference between the the max and min in terms of um, where he's drafted is is as broad as just about any uh, pitcher going that early. In fact, uh, Michael, I did a presentation a couple weeks back for PitchCon, and um, the topic of my presentation was uh, polarizing players and, and how we deal with that. And um, Luzardo was was a part of that presentation, one of the most polarizing, polarizing players in terms of where he's being drafted, in terms of where uh, analysts rank him, um, in terms of projections also for Luzardo. Um, so if we just look at ADP, though, he is right behind Zach Wheeler and Frankie Montas and just ahead of Madison Bumgarner, Zach Gallon, and, and Eduardo Rodriguez. And in my presentation, I made a comparison between Luzardo and Rodriguez saying that they've, they've got fairly similar uh, projections in terms of strikeout rate, walk rate. Um, they look like they could be very similar pitchers in 2020, but Rodriguez clearly has the much longer track record. I mean, Luzardo doesn't really have a major league track record. He has no, no major league starts. Um, so how would you approach that particular dilemma? Uh, you're looking for a pitcher at that point in the draft where you could get either one. Uh, do you go with the relative safety of Eduardo Rodriguez, or is that a point where you, you think it makes sense to go for the potentially higher upside of, of Luzardo? This year, 
I would say Luzardo is the way to go. Most years, in a normal 162-game season, I would give the uh, sort of tepid, boring answer of it depends on what you've done to that point. And if you need a little bit of upside, you go with the upside option. If you already are feeling like you're pretty doing well in the pitcher department, then you go with the safer guy uh, in Eduardo Rodriguez or Madison Bumgarner, for that matter, a guy who you mentioned as being in this same draft day neighborhood. But this year, when upside is going to be king in fantasy baseball, I am definitely taking the shot on Jesus Luzardo. You and I have talked about this a few times. The people who win fantasy baseball leagues this year, 2020, we're talking 2020, redraft leagues, we're not concerned about the future. People who win fantasy baseball leagues this year are going to be the people who end up with multiple players on their teams who hit their absolute hot streak. Every single player in the majors is going to have a hot streak, and these guys are going to, the winners are going to be the people who just happen to have players who hit that hot streak over the you know the the 50 game window that we're going to have for the season and when you have the stuff that Luzardo has you are much more likely to hit that hot streak in any given 50 70 what have you game window and so that's why I am going after a guy like Luzardo we talked about this a couple days ago last time I was on the show with you let's have some fun let's go for upside Jesus Luzardo if nothing else is a fun dude to watch, a fun guy to cheer for, a fun guy to have on your fantasy team, and can be the brand of pitcher who pitches like a top 10 starter over a 70-game sample. What's it going to be, like 12 starts? Jesus Luzardo certainly has that in his arm. He's the guy who I would go for here. Yeah, and 12 starts might be generous. Uh, You know, as we've talked about several times in the past week or two, we seem to be hurtling towards a 48 or 50 game scenario uh, because the two sides have not gotten any closer. And, um, you know, Major League Baseball does have the, the power to impose that uh, short season, that ex- exceedingly short season, uh, and make that happen. That seems to be where we're going. But um, in regards to our featured read today, really interesting proposal from the Athletics' Ken Rosenthal. He's written a piece. Uh, here's the proposal Rob Manfred should make to get baseball restarted. And I'll give you the extremely short uh, Cliff's note, Cliff Notes version of uh, Ken Rosenthal's piece that uh, he's proposing 72 games with full salary proration uh, for the players. Uh, it's I feel like it's a pretty convincing piece. Uh, I don't know, Michael, if you had, if you had a chance to check that out yet. Um, but Ken just for on, commission. on the face value of that. Uh, yeah, how, how do you feel about that? I love it. Ken for commission. Let's do it. Let's get it started. <laughs> I don't know how we'll, repl- uh, we'll, repl- yeah, we will replace him on staff, but if it means us sacrificing to get Ken in the commissioner's office, I'm down for it. All right. Well, you know, we, we'll do what we have to do here. So <laughs> I'm for that, and I'm, I'm for, uh, you know, I haven't seen a better proposal yet. I'll put it that way. So uh, on that note, that's going to be all for this edition of Fantasy Baseball in 15. I realize we have not discussed the MLB draft yet. Uh, We will be back here on Friday with Derek Van Riper. Um, We'll we'll, uh, pick up uh, that uh, that story then. But uh, for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we will be back here on Friday. Mm -hmm.